Do you want more high ticket clients? Do you want to know how they think and how they buy? You're in the right place to learn how to get all the high paying clients you want, whatever you want, and how to actually stand out as the world-class specialist in your arena. I'm Leanne and I've helped over 500 women go from very few clients to commanding better prices and calling in clients who are pre-sold. In this podcast, you'll learn the exact strategies that I use with my clients to get them more clients, cash and credibility. All the things you'll learn here are rooted in sales psychology and how your client's brain works. Also what to do and say so they buy. So let's get this started. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we're going to talk about marketing trends that actually work for high ticket sales. And one of the things I've personally noticed is that the coaching bubble is a little bit behind when it comes to the current and most innovative trends in marketing. So for instance, if you're a coach, you usually read marketing by other coaches. You don't always understand how major companies are looking at their customers and clients and how they're moving people to the sale. It's unfortunate because their marketing is usually the most cutting edge. So many tech companies even have their own in-house research division. They've usually acquired a company that has a research department where they're constantly looking at how their clients buy. It's very important because these major brainstorming sessions go with deep focus marketing research, creating the best opportunities to understand where these clients are coming from and how to move them quickly through the sales cycle. Now, sales cycles have gotten longer over time It's actually gotten about 22 to 25% longer than it has even in the last three or four years. It's gradually gotten longer and longer to get people to the sale. So it's a lot harder than it used to be. And today I want to talk about some of their techniques and how we can better incorporate those things in our own business to attract better clients. But first I want to start with a story to illustrate what a customer journey maybe shouldn't look like. So back when my son was about 10 years old, we took a trip to the island of St. Croix in the Caribbean. Now that's the U.S. Virgin Islands, and we'd been there several times, and we have a favorite place we love to stay. It's a little family-owned place right by the sea. The cottage we love to stay in is five steps from this crystal clear ocean. It's absolutely fabulous. It's one of my favorite places to be. It takes us all day to get there though, because we're in Austin and there's a connecting flight in Dallas, there's a connecting flight in Miami, and you do have to go to Miami because St. Croix is a really small airport. There's no jet bridge, there's no anything at this airport. You just get off the plane and the stairs and you walk down the stairs and you're on the tarmac. And so by the time we land on the island, it's always midnight. Because even when we leave early, there's only a couple of flights into St. Croix a day. So it's either we have to be at Miami at about 10 o'clock in the morning or we get to Miami sometime in the afternoon and then the connecting flight gets there around 1130 at night. So once we land, we get off the plane, right? And we uh, usually get a taxi to drop us off. And then the rental place brought us the Jeep the first time we stayed there. So we got a taxi, they dropped us off, we checked in. Next day we got a Jeep, it was awesome. But the second time we got there, we landed and we went outside and instead of taking us to the cottage in a taxi, the Jeep people said they would meet us at the airport. Not a problem, not a big deal, but they're not based at the airport. So this Jeep company is based in St. Croix on the other side of the island and it's not based with the airport. So we landed, we went outside, 
I was like, we're going to pick up our Jeep immediately. This is going to be so convenient. We're just going to go right to the cottage and we don't have to get it in the morning. We can immediately go to the grocery store, you know, get provisions, whatever we need to do. So we went outside and the guy was there and said, I'm ready to take you to your Jeep. I was like, great, that's, that's awesome. And then he said, there's only really enough room for one person. So if one of you will go with me to pick up the Jeep and bring it back over, and then we'll pick up the rest of you and your luggage. And I thought, wait a second, what? And my husband reassured me. He kind of gave me some sideways looks and he got in the Jeep and he took off with this man. And I'm standing on the edge of the curb at the airport and the area isn't very well lit. It's a really small airport. It's not like, you know, a major hub. And we're literally exhausted. We've been on the plane since about 8 a.m. I have my son with me, all our luggage, and it's midnight. Of course, my mind went all over the place thinking, what if he doesn't come back? What if something happens? What if this is a setup? What if we're getting robbed? What would we do? And it doesn't help. I've seen every forensic file episode, some of them twice. So I was really, my brain was really just moving in a million miles a second. Crazy and horrible outcomes ran through my mind while he was gone, and he was gone for a long time. It was a full 45 minutes later when he returned with the Jeep. We put our luggage in it and we left, and I breathed this big sigh of relief. My husband told me it was one plot element short of a Dateline special, meaning he was scared too. He told me that he was also worried because they took him to a warehouse that was pretty much empty except for the Jeep. The only reason he went with them, we had rented from them before. They brought the Jeep to us before. They came highly recommended by the place we were staying. But that customer journey wasn't terrific. It was less than stellar. We really didn't understand what was going to happen when we got to the airport. We didn't understand why the Jeep wasn't just there for us. Apparently there was some rules with the actual airport. You can't pick up a car there unless you're associated with the airport. Didn't know that. And we didn't know. We just had to trust that they would take us over to get that Jeep. And it ended up fine. Obviously, we're still here. But honestly, I would rent at the airport with Hertz. If it cost me more, I would not care. Just for the peace of mind, that whole 45 minutes I was thinking what we would do if he didn't return. That 45 minutes was a really bad customer journey and experience. Hey, it's Leanne, and if you're ready to have more clients, cash, and credibility, head over to IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com, where you can find out more about current programs, hit our vault of trainings, and join the community. That's IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com. Okay, back to the show. So let's talk about what our customer journey should be, and take our customers and clients from finding out about us to actually signing up for our programs and getting a contract in hand and moving forward. So I mentioned before that tech companies in general and even product companies are now using research divisions to help map out a perfect customer journey. They're acquiring companies that do research so they can have this stuff in-house. And they do what they call empathy mapping. Empathy mapping is the way that companies figure out exactly what their clients are thinking feeling, saying, and doing on the path to buying something. So for instance, if a company is selling a television set and a client's looking for a TV, a client might go through several things they think 
and then they'll have several things they feel, they'll have things they say, and they will have things they do in order to research the right TV before they buy. And all those things are a part of a customer journey. So customers want to be accurate with their purchases. They're not going to just go around willy-nilly and throw their money around. They want to actually be thoughtful about it now. They want to be empowered, more empowered than they used to be. They want to do research to find out information on their own. So a client might go through and look at all the different kinds of TVs. They might, might do that. They might go to a store. They're looking around to see what sizes are available. They're seeing what the picture looks like. And they're researching online. They're going into stores. This is what they're doing. What they might be thinking, what would be best for our family? What's going to fit in our living room? Why are there so many acronyms like OLED and 4K? I don't understand any of that. What they might be feeling is overwhelm, frustration, impatience, maybe a multitude of other emotions too. It's harder than it seems to find a new TV. There used to be like three kinds when you went into a store. Now there's 30 or 40. It's hard to figure it out. The client might also be saying different things than they're thinking and feeling and doing. They might be saying out loud how this is too hard. They might be saying to their neighbor or sister or someone else, trying to determine what TV is the best TV. Well, what did you get? I got a plasma. Well, how do you like that? I don't really like it very much. We got a 3D TV. They may even be looking for recommendations and asking for recommendations from their boss or their mom or their neighbor or someone else. So you can see empathy mapping could be really important in the process to get customers and clients because you know exactly what your client is feeling, thinking, saying, and doing all along the journey. This can be invaluable when you're doing things like sales pages, live streams, articles, anything client-facing. If you know all these things in advance, you avoid mistakes. You speak directly to those things. You have your clients feel like you know them inside and out. Now, going back to my situation in St. Croix with the Jeep, if we had expected that when we landed, if they had told us, you're going to be going outside, there's going to be a little wait, you'll have to be taken over to get the Jeep, it's going to be okay. If they had told us that ahead of time, I would have felt differently standing there on the curb with all that luggage and my 10-year-old. If we had expected it on the front end, there wouldn't have been that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach thinking we were going to be on Dateline special. (laughs) If they had thought through what we would be feeling, how we both would be thinking, what we would say after the fact about their business, and what exactly we'd be doing, we wouldn't have had a bad experience. But every time I think back on that, I just think we'd never use them again. I would never use them again. So you think through those four things, what your clients are thinking, feeling, saying, doing, and you can also think through your content structure, your sales pages, your social media strategy, anything you do to lead people to a sale, you can think through those four things and be very in tune with how your clients think and what they're doing and what they're saying and what they're feeling. What I teach clients in every container that I have What I teach my clients in every container is how to really get to know your clients, to test and tweak your content so it converts, to make sure your customer journey leads your clients to the sale as quickly as possible. And I think that's what we all want. We all want clients. We all want them quicker. And basically, it's better for the client too 
because they get their problems solved or they get to their aspirations super fast with you. And if they wait a year to come into your container and your customer journey takes them around the block and over the hill and far away, and you don't know who they are or what they're looking for or how they're thinking, feeling, saying, or doing, then it's going to be really hard to move them to a sale quicker and quicker. Hope that makes sense and we'll see you next time. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to IWantClientsCashAndCredibility.com. I'm Leanne Heil and we'll see you on the next episode.